Good morning, church. Let's uh, jump in and get started. We're in a study called Gifted, and we're looking at the Holy Spirit. And maybe the main reason, a reason, I love this quote I've shared with you from Francis Chan. If I were Satan and my ultimate goal was to thwart God's kingdom and purposes, one of my main strategies would be to get churchgoers to ignore the Holy Spirit, which for most of my life, that was the case for most of my life. I don't know about you, you've shared your upbringing, but we just didn't talk about the Holy Spirit much at all. And if we did, he was a ghost or an it. And so I wanted to spend some time in a study of the Holy Spirit. Here's our foundational verse. Peter replied to the entire crowd, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And that's where it stopped when I was growing up. I've mentioned that to you several times because we just didn't know what to do with the next sentence. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we've been trying to understand the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, the the purpose of the Holy Spirit. God doesn't give us this gift. God doesn't give us the Holy Spirit for no reason. So what's the reason? What does it mean to live by the Spirit? Let me give you a quick review of last week. We looked at Romans 7 and Romans 8. and, And I didn't know this until after the sermon in some additional study. In Romans 7, Paul describes life under the old law. And he uses the pronoun I 27 times and the Holy Spirit once. In Romans 8, Paul describes life in the Spirit and he uses the pronoun I two times and the Holy Spirit's mentioned 22 times. So if you want to have victory over sin, if you want to have victory in your life, the the key is the presence of God and God gives us, gifts us with His presence, the Holy Spirit. So we're going to keep asking, how, how do we know that we have the Holy Spirit? I mean, I read it, we receive Him, how, how do we know? What's the purpose? Are there any guarantees? So let me give you a lengthy reading here from Ephesians 1. We've studied Ephesians 1. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. In love He predestined us to be adopted as His sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will to the praise of His glorious grace which He has freely given us in the one He loves. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that He lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. In Him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will, in order that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be for the praise of His glory, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. I read that long passage for several reasons. One, I have to tell you about my high school English teacher. Her name was Maureen Stuckey. Sounds like an English teacher. She drilled us with grammar. 
She would say, if I grade your paper and you make a hundred, I'll grade it till you don't. She was something. She drilled us in grammar. I mention that because she wouldn't have liked this passage I just read. Because those 200 plus words were one sentence in the original Greek language and she wouldn't have liked that grammar, that run-on sentence. But Paul is not trying to impress us with grammar. He's trying to impress us with God. Everything in those 200 plus words is about what God has done. Paul's emphasis is on God and what God does. It's God who blesses, chooses, loves, destines, adopts, gives, redeems, forgives, lavishes, makes known, includes. Paul wants us to know that God is the primary actor, character, player in this passage. God's the one at work. God's the one who's doing things. And He accomplishes everything we just read through His Holy Spirit that He gifts us, that He gives us. Now, how do we know we have all of those blessings? Is there any guarantee? Well, He gives us two metaphors. I want to look at the two metaphors. And the first one's right there. Having believed you were marked in Him with a seal. What does that mean? Marked in Him with a seal. The word means to set a mark upon, to distinguish by a mark. To mark distinctly, to set one's mark upon, to seal as one's own. Now that word carries several meanings that I think will help us understand. The first one indicates ownership. When he marks us, that indicates ownership. Here's what we read in 1 Corinthians 6. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price, therefore honor God with your body. We belong to God. So marked with a seal indicates ownership. We understand this concept of a seal. Just drive anywhere in Texas and you'll see some brand, some seal, some crest, some emblem that marks the gates to a ranch, the gates um, going into the property. They probably use this seal on cattle, it's a mark that indicates ownership. Everything under that seal belongs to that owner. So we understand that concept. Let me show you where this is used in other places. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed, marked for the day of redemption. 2 Corinthians 1. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set His seal of ownership on us, and put His Spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. So, back to that foundation verse. When we repent, and when we are baptized, and when we receive this gift of the Holy Spirit, God says, you belong to me. We were bought at a price. The blood of Jesus. Jesus paid the price, and we are under new ownership. You know what that means. You drive by a business, you drive by a restaurant, and you'll see a sign that says, under new ownership. That's what happens when we repent and we're baptized and we receive the gift of the Spirit. We're under new ownership. And that ownership is God. When we give our lives to God, we're under new ownership. Now, Paul tells us, having believed, God put this seal of ownership on us, the Holy Spirit, 
That's what he's talking about here, marked in him with a seal. Now, there's more. That, that word seal, marked, means something else. It also means a finished transaction. A finished transaction. You read in Jeremiah 32, God would often tell the prophets to do something to serve as an object lesson. And he told Jeremiah, the prophet, to go and buy a field. Here's what we read in Jeremiah 32. I knew this was the word of the Lord, so I bought the field for 17 shekels of silver. I signed and sealed the deed, had it witnessed, and weighed out the silver on the scales. The transaction was complete. That's what that means. What does a signed and sealed document look like? You understand. It's complete. It's done. It's over. It's paid in full. We did a study on the last words of Jesus. And in the English, it is finished. In the Greek, it's one word, finished. That's what it means. The final transaction. Those are words that would be on a financial transaction. Those are the words that are on a spiritual transaction. Jesus met the requirements of the law in that trans transaction. Jesus met the requirements of the law in his death, and he sealed the deal with his blood. We sing about that. Man of sorrows, what a name. For the Son of God who came, ruined sinners to reclaim. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Bearing shame and scoffing rude, in my place condemned he stood. Sealed my pardon with his blood. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Now, again, that, that takes us back to our foundational verse. Some of y'all would be happy if I just preach on repentance. Some of y'all would be happy if I just preach on baptism. I think we've missed the boat and neglected the Holy Spirit, which is why I wanted to talk about the Holy Spirit. Now, when you repent and when you're baptized, you believe, I think you believe, I hope you believe, that you receive forgiveness of sins. How do you know that? How do you know that God finished the deal? Because He gives us His Holy Spirit that marks us, that seals us, that says, this transaction is over. It's done. Jesus paid the price. Now, you know what that means? You, you don't have to worry about your salvation. You know, I could do a show of hands. How many of y'all, if you died today, would go to heaven and be like, I, I don't know. You, you don't have to wonder. You don't have to wander. God says you can know. God doesn't want us to live a single day wondering about our salvation. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. And I've mentioned to you that I grew up that assurance was not talked about and confidence wasn't talked about. T tell me what that means if that's not assurance and confidence. God said, I want you to know and I'm going to gift you with my spirit so that you know this transaction is complete. I finished the deal. Now, the third thing is a seal indicates authenticity. Authenticity. Let me illustrate you open a new account at the bank and they're going to have you sign a signature card. Your signature verifies your authenticity. You go purchase a new vehicle and at the end of that transaction they have you sign your name. Your signature validates and shows the authenticity. In Paul's day, what they would do, and even before then, they'd take some hot wax and put it on that document and take a signet ring 
and impress a seal. They sealed the document that showed the authenticity. Now, in the same way, having believed, you were marked in Him with a seal. That's what that word means. The Holy Spirit is given to us. God marks us. God impresses His image on us. God gifts us with His Spirit. He's transforming us every day to look more like His Son because God sealed that deal and we are authentic believers. Now, consider these verses. Romans 8, You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he doesn't belong to Christ. Hmm. I'm thinking I I want that spirit. I I want to know. That's why we repent. That's why we're baptized. Because God gives us His Spirit. That's how we know. The best part of this spiritual transaction is what God does. Not what we do. Listen, how how do you verify the authenticity of a believer? You you ask them, "Did, did you receive the Holy Spirit? We would probably say, yeah, I... I don't know. Check this out in Acts 19. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and he asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said, What's the Holy Spirit? We've not even heard that that there's a Holy Spirit. We could probably ask that question today. Maybe you've asked that question. It's interesting. Paul didn't say, Hey, Where do you go to church? Hey, I hope you go to a church Christ. Hey, what do you think about instrumental music? Hey, what do you think about the role of women? He's interested in, he doesn't even ask them about their baptism. Did you receive the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit authenticates us As Christ followers, as true believers, the Holy Spirit marks us and seals us and authenticates us. Let's keep moving. He gives us that other metaphor. He said the promised Holy Spirit who is a deposit. Here's here's that assurance that we struggle with again. Guaranteeing our inheritance. Well, Richie, we can't live guaranteeing. So I'm just going to rip that one out of the Bible and say we don't do that. Guaranteeing our inheritance. Paul says the Holy Spirit is a seal marking us and a deposit guaranteeing. That word means the down payment to guarantee the final purchase. The Holy Spirit is God's deposit. Again, it's God who's making the deposit. The Holy Spirit is God's deposit guaranteeing that God is going to finish the work of salvation in us. He's not just going to leave us and say, hey, good luck. COVID wreaked havoc on us in so many ways. If you've tried to buy a new vehicle the past couple of years, you understand there's a lot of car lots that are empty. There are no vehicles, although dealerships will tell you they're selling more cars now than they did when they had them in stock on the lot. So how do you do that? Well, these days, they probably have you put a deposit down for $500 or $1,000. You say, I want that vehicle. And then when it arrives, they call you, and that deposit 
guarantees that you will get that vehicle. You're putting the deposit down to get that vehicle. But when it comes to our salvation, God's the one who puts the deposit down and gives us His Spirit, guaranteeing our salvation. You go and try to buy a house today, and you're probably going to have to put a deposit down. That deposit shows that you're serious about purchasing that house. You go to rent an apartment or a house, they'll have you put a security deposit down. That deposit shows you're serious about that rental. The Holy Spirit is God's deposit, letting Satan know, letting the world know that God is serious about what is to come in your life and my life. Remember, in these verses, God is the primary player, character. He's the one doing everything. Warren Wiersbe said this word deposit or earnest can also mean engagement ring. When two people get engaged, they often have a ring, and that ring serves as a deposit of what is to come. That ring usually indicates that you're serious about that relationship. That ring sometimes says, should say, that you're, you're serious about your future together. That ring says, you're off the market. In the same way, when God gives us His deposit of the Holy Spirit, it shows that God is serious about our relationship. So He's going to give a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. It shows that something better is coming. It shows that we're off the market, that Satan shouldn't come after us. Here's how that word is used in 2 Corinthians 5. Now we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling. Now it is God who has made us for this very purpose and has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. I just don't know why, growing up in western Oklahoma, people didn't want us to have a guaranteed and an assurance. But that's what Scripture says. That's what you can have. That's why we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I don't know when we sing songs if you ever noticed who writes the words or the music. If you have, you've probably seen Fanny J. Crosby at the bottom of a lot of songs. Fanny J. Crosby wrote the words to more than 8,000 hymns. Safe in the arms of Jesus, rescue the perishing. I am thine, O Lord, to God be the glory. Fanny Crosby became ill at two months of age. And because of that illness, she became blind the rest of her life. Blind the rest of her life, and she wrote the words to over 8,000 hymns. She loved poetry, and at eight years of age, she wrote, Oh, what a happy soul I am, although I cannot see. I am resolved that in this world contented I will be. How many blessings I enjoy that other people don't. To weep and sigh because I'm blind, I cannot and I won't. Which makes one of the songs that she wrote, I think, very special. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste 
of glory divine, heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. What a foretaste of what is coming. I think that's what Paul's trying to say. The Holy Spirit is a deposit showing us, guaranteeing us, giving us that foretaste of the inheritance that is to come. God has given us His Spirit to mark us, to seal us, and as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. So again, you shouldn't worry about your salvation. You shouldn't wonder about your salvation. We can have assurance and we can have confidence. God wants you to know that you're saved. And He gifts us with His Spirit to give us that assurance. Let me read Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 one more time from the message. It is in Christ that you, once you heard the truth and believed it, this message of your salvation, found yourselves home free, signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit. This down payment from God is the first installment on what's coming, a reminder that we'll get everything God has planned for us, a praising and glorious life. Why do we have the Holy Spirit? Signed, sealed, delivered. And when you live with an assurance of your salvation and a confidence in what God is doing through you, that shows. It's evident to those around you. It's evident to those that you work with. It's evident in your family. And we ought to radiate that assurance we can radiate that assurance because of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray.